Let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast. Today, Katherine Kerrigan joins me, and we'll be asking the question, what if that breakdown is really your soul directing you toward a breakthrough? We'll learn what to do when life is falling apart around you and why that actually might be a good sign. Uh, We'll also talk about uh, some things that Catherine knows because she's a medical intuitive. It's really interesting. She comes from a long line of doctors and she started using her intuitive abilities to really assess what the true cause of sickness can be in others. Uh, We'll learn about the dozen or more types of soul medicine that you can use for free. We'll talk about what your soul purpose is and how that's different from your career. And we'll also learn about the primary way your soul speaks to you and the different intuitive abilities that we all possess. Now, Katherine Kerrigan is a medical intuitive healer, as I mentioned, and she's the author of nine books, including the number one Amazon bestseller, What is Healing? Awakening Your Intuitive Power for Health and Happiness. And she is also the host of the Natural Healing Show for UK Health Radio. So let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome, Catherine. How are you today? I'm great, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everybody out there for listening. Yeah, absolutely. So Catherine, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started being a medical intuitive healer. Well, first of all, I have 26 years full-time experience in natural healing. I just published my 10th book, which is what we're going to be talking about today, which is what's happening with you at the soul level. It's called Reading the Soul. I'm also the host of the Natural Healing Show for UK Health Radio. So when did I get started? Um, You know, like many people, I am the daughter of a doctor. My brother's a doctor. My dad's a doctor. My grandfather was a doctor. My great-grandfather was a doctor. And my uncle was a doctor. So I have great respect for the medical tradition. And in my view, as a medical intuitive healer, it's all good, right? However, when we want to be healthy, we have to look at the bigger picture. So medical doctors are wonderful. Lab tests are wonderful. MRIs are amazing. Surgeons can do amazing things. But often, as human beings, we go to the doctors and they're wonderful skill set isn't big enough to help us get better. And what happened to me was a long time ago, I got sick and I had been the perfect patient. I did everything the doctors told me to do and I couldn't get well. And the doctors didn't know what to do to help me. Um, I spent three years at the Emory Medical Library writing my first book and I started going to people who did natural healing. And I thought, well, this is very interesting because they're actually making me better and the doctors were not able to. So I started studying and practicing natural healing. And the uh, first thing I studied actually was kinesiology. Mm. And as luck would have it, 
I was at a convention in Toronto, Canada years ago, studying kinesiology. And I met this woman and I was in the hallway getting ready to give a speech myself about my first book. And this woman did healing work with me literally for five minutes. And I was smart enough to realize that she changed the course of my entire life in five minutes. And I remember thinking, I want to do what she does. <laughs> and I ended up taking her entire internship four times. I've still since studied all over the world. I'm now 60 years old. So I studied natural healing all over the world. And I'm always looking for wonderful teachers, wonderful methods. And I have developed my own skills. And um, so here we are. For people who don't understand what a medical intuitive reading is, can you briefly explain what that is? Absolutely. So first of all, you have to understand who you are. So you are a soul, okay? I, I think many of us could agree with that. And you're having a human experience. So who you are is actually a soul. You have a body in this lifetime. And you have what I refer to as the five bodies. So you have a physical body. Most of us know what that is. It's your bones. It's your organs. It's your nervous system. All the organ systems of the body, right? Then outside of your physical body, you have what's called an energy body. That Your energy system is quite developed. It, you have an acupuncture system. Many people have heard of acupuncture. You also have a chakra system. And there's seven major chakras and some experts argue there are 26 chakras. There's also your breath and your breath controls your whole energy system. So you have an energy body, which I read. And then you have an emotional body and emotions are the largest part of you. And we have to understand that emotions can literally shut down any physiological process. You actually store organs in a specific um, in specific organs, right? So for example, if your liver is not working right, you may be bothered by excess anger, right? If your stomach is not working right, you may be discontent. If your spleen's always bothering you, you may be worried all the time and so on. So you have emotions, then you have a mind and your mind includes your thoughts and your beliefs. It's your belief systems, right? And we, many of us who are advanced spiritual students realize that you manifest what you believe. So if you believe that every woman in your family has to have a hysterectomy when you're 35, well, guess what? You're going to manifest, right? Or if you believe that the world is full of evil, unkind people, that's what you're going to experience. Mm -hmm. And then finally, as I said, you are a soul having a human experience and your soul controls your mind your mind controls your emotions your emotions control your energy system and your energy system includes controls your body so most of the time when we want to get well a lot of us work on the physical level and this is an important level to work on i myself have taught yoga for 24 years i'm a nutritionist I um, use a very wide range of natural healing remedies. So I work on the physical as well. Um, I do yoga therapy. So the physical body is very important to work on. 
However, once you understand that your soul controls your mind, your mind controls your energy, your emotions, your emotions control your energy and your energy controls your physical, dis-ease actually begins in your energy body. And when you want to get well, you have to push illness all the way out. So you actually are a composite of your physical, your energetic, your emotional, mental, and spiritual. And it's my experience that when you work on all five levels, you can supercharge your healing and get well really, really fast. And what happens is that many people work on just one level. So they'll be drinking celery juice and doing yoga. And celery juice is great and yoga is great, but they may be neglecting what are the emotions that are holding this illness in place? What are the thought patterns what are the, what's the story that I'm telling myself that's making me sick? And, and again, most importantly, which is what we're talking about today is what's my soul doing, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times when we look at things from the soul perspective, it's a 180 different view of things than what our ego mind thinks, right? Because sometimes you may go, be going through a period of time in your life where everything seems to be falling apart and you're like oh my gosh what is happening this is so uncomfortable and so unpleasant but you have to understand that your soul is in charge of everything and your soul may be redirecting you right it you may be going through what i refer to as a breakdown to breakthrough so in summary when i do a medical intuitive reading i read what's happening on all five levels I also make specific recommendations about what will work to make you better because you could have, let's say there could be two different people or five different people who have high blood pressure. Well, there could be 30 different things that would work for, to lower blood pressure naturally, but two or three are going to work best for you. So I make specific recommendations in terms of your environment, your nutrition, how you need to be eating supplements, natural healing remedies, supportive therapies, and also exercise. So I look at, basically I create a blueprint that people can use to get better naturally. That's awesome. So I know a lot of people might be wondering, okay, well, how do you do the reading? Like you have a spiritual gift apparently, right? Absolutely. How does that work? Like, well, how does it occur to you? You know, it's very funny because uh, this morning I did a medical intuitive reading on a gentleman who has muscular dystrophy, okay? And he was referred to me by one of my regular clients and also by a gentleman um, who runs a healing retreat in Costa Rica. And before anyone goes to the healing retreat in Costa Rica, people come from literally all over the world and they will usually fill out a form. It'll be like, I'm Joe Blow from Seattle. I've been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, I eat peanut butter and jelly for lunch. I don't exercise and whatever else they wanna say. And then I'll sit there for an hour, an hour and a half and do a whole medical intuitive reading. Um, sometimes I have their photograph. I'll say 80% of the time I'll have their photograph. Sometimes I don't have anything other than their permission and their name. So this gentleman who has muscular dystrophy, he was asking me the same thing. He said, well, how do you do what you do? And I said, well, you know, when you play golf, you focus, right? 
And this gentleman, um, I'll just say he's a golfer, okay? <clears throat> I'll just say he's a high-level golfer. So he, you focus, right? So each of you is, a, a, you're already a VIP, whether you realize it or not. What do I mean by that? You are a vibrational interference pattern and your energy is completely unique to you. Even if you think about your brothers and sisters, I have a brother who I adore and a mother who I adore. And you know, my brother and I have similar DNA, but we're very different people, right? So what I do to answer your question is I focus on that particular individual. Um, many of you will appreciate that I do all my work prayerfully. I begin every day with prayer, breath work, and meditation. And I set my intention to serve for the highest good. And I will actually ask for guidance and ask that whatever comes through me be for the individual's highest good and it be what they need to know at that time. So to answer your question and to summarize, I do my work prayerfully. Um, I ask for the person's highest good, and then I simply focus on that person's energy. Um, of course, some of the work I do live, I work with people all over the world by phone, Skype, and Zoom video conference. Um, today, it was actually by FaceTime. However, I don't need to see someone. And as I said, when I do the report for the Healing Center in Costa Rica, I'm not speaking to the person over the phone. I just have, a, you know, their birthday, where they live, what they're eating, <laughs> you know, and any particular questions they have. Um, so if you, if you study um, uh, type, um, psychographic types, for example, I'm the same um, psychological type as Carl Jung, um, also Gandhi. And um, so there's, there's this very small number of people over the world, probably about 2% of the population who has the same sort of psychographic setup, if you will. And um, I think it's, it's not the Enneagram um, Myers-Briggs. Exactly. Yeah, what, what, what are you? I am an INTJ. Oh, yay. I am too, actually. We're less than 2%. Exactly. Actually, sometimes, um, and women, actually, we're less than 1%. It's very rare. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, there, and here we are talking, you know, yeah. life attracts light, right? I, I will have to say, though, as, as I've um, been opening up more spiritually, um, sometimes I test as ENFJ. Like, I'm very much on the edge of introvert, extrovert, and thinking and feeling, so. Right, there you go. Well, exactly, and, it, and it's all good. Yeah, and you know, even here we are, we're talking about intuition. So, you know, it's my view, again, that you are a soul, right? And your soul is basically driving the bus, right? And your soul is always trying to communicate with you. This is the essence of intuition. There are some of us who basically live in the spiritual world like most of the time, right? And I'm very practical, I have no debt, I put my pants on one leg at a time <laughs> like everybody else. But um, you know, through spiritual intention, no matter who you are, you can serve to choose 
the planet for the highest good of all. And when you listen to your soul, you live your life through synchronicity and, you know, small miracles, right? Because your soul is always trying to guide you through your highest good. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my 10 books is called Intuition Now. And it talks about the four primary psychic gifts and how each of them work. And when you understand how your soul communicates with you, then you basically waste less time. <laughs> and, you know, it's easier for you to get the information, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So um, in your work, I know that you also do soul readings. So how is that different than a medical intuitive reading? Oh, and before I forget, yeah. maybe you can answer this question first. Uh, the, the medical part like how much medical knowledge do you have? And do you then refer someone to get medical help or how does Absolutely. So as I mentioned, I just got a few medical people in my family. My brother, my father, my doctor, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, my uncle. So again, doctors are wonderful. The medical community is a great service to us. And I have had clients who I'm like, I want you to get your doctor on the phone in my office. Please do not leave my office until you have called your doctor. So I have great respect for the medical community, right? I'll also, uh, like the client today who had muscular dystrophy, I said to him, what I'm seeing, this was an individual who spent four months in Tibet taking herbs, eats an all-organic diet, vegan, He's really very heavily detoxed. However, I said, I still see a, a high level of heavy metals that are interfering with your nervous system. And I recommend that you um, look at or consider doing some medical tests for heavy metals, right? And then I talked to him about how he would get rid of them. So again, again, I my picture is quite large. I'm 60 years old. I've only been doing this for 26 years, kind of a master healer. And, you know, addressing what's going on at the physical level, addressing what, how you need to exercise, addressing how you need to eat, what specific supplements will work to you, for you is very important. But, I, you know, I want to I drive home. The medical community is, is wonderful, but the reason people come to me the average person who comes to me has seen at least seven other practitioners. They've been to the doctor. They've been to the psychologist, the psychiatrist, the physical therapist, the shaman, the naturopath, you know, the homeopath. They've seen all these people. But what they haven't done is they haven't put everything together. They haven't seen how, you know, these five bodies are interacting. And, you know, a good way to think of this is like I'm a little detective and figuring out how all this fits together, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, most of my clients are highly successful, highly intelligent people, and they're trying, but they're stuck. And they're stuck because they can't see where, what's really going on and what what needs to really shift in order to get better, right? So for example, the gentleman with muscular dystrophy I'm like, okay, you're doing a great job detoxing, but you haven't addressed your heavy metals. And on the soul level, I explained to him that this person is an empath and that 
he's taking on the energy and emotions of people around him. And he's like, yeah, I'll have to go off and go hiking by myself or like a day at a time, then I feel better. And so I said on a soul level, you're taking on the suffering of the world and you don't know how not to do that. Mm -hmm. I said, you're too smart to do it consciously, but on an unconscious level, you're processing this energy and it's literally making you sick. So you have to learn how not to do that. And yeah. I gave, yeah. It's like he needed to people detox. And, uh, and that's true. A lot of empaths, they might not even know they're empaths. They might, you know, identify as a highly sensitive person or, or, or one of those other words. Right. Yeah. And, um, that's the thing. You don't have to be a victim to it. You can manage it. You can set up boundaries and manage energy. Yeah, absolutely. And this is an individual who is a very successful person, you know, probably makes well over a million dollars a year, probably doesn't think of himself as that way, but he knows he, you know, a, a, the friend who recommended him to me, he's like, well, he's got to stick to himself a lot. Right. And he likes people and he has a very strong desire to serve others. Right. But it's like, okay, well, how do it's you draining? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you manage that better? Right. So, uh, that, that was a great response. Now, what about the soul reading? How does that differ? Okay. So when I, when I, when I do a soul reading, I talk about what's going on with you at the soul level. So first of all, there's really three stages in your soul path. So if you, you know, you kind of almost have to liken this to the development of a human. Like when you're three years old, you're not evil or bad. You're just a kid, right? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, the three stages are basically unconscious. So, you know, when you're unconscious, again, you're not a bad person. You're just not really aware that you're a soul having an experience, right? Then the second stage is where you're awakening. And sometimes what causes people to wake up is maybe a catastrophic event in their life. Maybe they lose their job or they go through a divorce or they have a major illness or they have something that really question, makes them question, you know, what's it all about? Why am I here? What am I really doing? <laughs> what do I really want to do, right? So they're awakening to the fact that they're a soul, that they have a purpose, that they have soul longings, right? And then the third stage is actually conscious. And when you're conscious at a soul level, then you realize that you are a soul walking through this lifetime, right? And you're just a little bit more intentional about what you're doing at the soul level, right? You're a little bit more aware when things happen, you're like, well, gosh, why did that happen? Why did this person show up in my life? Or, you know, the people around me, how am I supposed to serve them? You know, what is it that I am supposed to um, contribute, right? And when you're in this conscious state, you do a lot of we thinking and all thinking. When you're unconscious or awakening, a lot of it's about myself, right? And there's nothing wrong with thinking about you. You know, I'm part of the picture. I'm part of the all. But when you're conscious, you realize that how you live your life affects everybody, right? If you think about the butterfly effect, a little butterfly, you know, floating across the planet. So how am I living and how does that affect 
You can start with your family. You know, how do the choices that I make, how do they affect the people around me? How do they affect my friends? How do they affect my community? How they, do they affect the planet as a, as, as a whole? So again, as you're conscious and you raise your vibration, which happens when you're radiantly healthy and you're radiantly happy, then you can have a larger and larger beneficial impact on the planet, right? So I look at that. Um, I, I, another thing that I look at is your karma. So, you know, what is karma? Karma is really simple. Karma is physics, right? So what is physics? For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And I, I'll say to your audience, if you don't remember anything that I say today, but this one thing, this is what I would like to, you to remember. The most selfish thing I can ever do is be kind and generous to everyone around me. Because when I am kind and generous and thoughtful to everyone around me, that's what I get back, right? <laughs> so, you know, you have to understand that karma is basically the result it's the it's like a math problem what did you just create right are you creating happiness are you creating abundance are you creating peace in the world and um so karma can be from this lifetime or potentially from other lifetimes because as a soul you've had multiple experiences over past lives now in when i do my medical intuitive reading because you know you're here doing this life you're in you're now right? You're in the now. So most of the time I'm talking about what's happening now. However, sometimes, you know, some of our past life stuff does come forward. And one of the ways that it comes forward is in your, in, in your karmas. So let me give you some examples of karma. Um, addiction, believe it or not, is a big, um, a big effect of karma. You may be abusing drugs, legal or illegal, to avoid the truth of who you really are. Emotional starvation. You don't know how to be kind and compassionate to yourself. You don't know how to nurture yourself. Codependency. When you're codependent, um, and this is very, very common among the empaths, your own energy gets interwoven with the people around you. And you don't really know where I start, I end, and other people's energy starts and ends right so you may be processing other people's energy emotions um and you their pain their suffering uh deep-seated negative experiences this is ptsd a lot of anxiety and depression genetic code dysfunction um so you know when we think about genetic codes you know we think about inherited diseases like everybody in my family gets fill in the blank heart disease or everybody in my family is mean and crazy, right? But, you know, you also have genetic code dysfunctions um, for struggle, right? I always say difficult is the largest cult in the world, or even poverty, right? Uh, heart scars, and I could go on. I mean, karma is a big uh, topic, and maybe we'll discuss this later, later. But heart scars are when you have been wounded so deeply, it actually goes to the level of your soul. It's beyond the emotion, emotion, and it's, it's hurt at the soul level. And, you know, 
many of us have had these heart scars. You know, if you think about people, by the average age of 30, most people have had enough tragedy or adversity in their life that they could be depressed. And by the age of 50, you've had enough adversity and tragedy that you could be permanently depressed for the rest of your life. But you have to remember that you have a choice and whatever has happened to you, you can heal from it. And when you take the time to heal yourself, you become a source of love and light to everyone around you, right? So anyway, I could go on talking about karma, but I, I think I should <laughs> let you ask me another question. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge topic for sure. And um, we actually did an episode, um, I think it was episode five um, on generational patterns. And um, so we kind of touched on some of it, you know, it's, it's, it's somewhat related, right? But it's a huge topic, right? And um, yeah, you basically sum it up. You reap what you sow. So, and um, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So be selfish. <laughs> be selfish. Be kind and generous and thoughtful to everyone, and that's what you'll experience, right? That's yeah. how you really be selfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is. That's a definitely a different way of looking at being selfish, right? Is being kind so you get it back, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, in your work, you talk about soul medicine. So right. what is that and, and how can we use it to nurture our souls? Right. Well, you know, there again, you know, when we think about being healthy, you know, most of us say, okay, I want to be healthier. So I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go to the yoga class or I'm going to start hiking every day and be in nature. That's wonderful. And then we think about, you know, I want to feed my body right. And and I do all these things myself. I exercise for usually an hour a day. I drink green juice. Um, I feed myself right. So those are things that are very important and we understand what it means to nurture our physical body, right? But once you understand that you are a soul and that your soul controls your mind, your mind controls your emotions, your emotions control your energy and your energy controls your physical, when you take the time to nurture yourself at the soul level, then literally everything gets better, right? So let me give you some examples of kinds of soul medicine. And again, this is basically about nurturing our soul. And for some of us, that could be going to a religious institution, whether it's the church or the mosque or a synagogue, but it's really about listening to what it is that your soul longs for. So give me, I'll give you some examples. Soul medicine, breath work. When you do breath work and breathing exercises, which I talk about in my book, the little book of breath work, you're moving energy, right? It's a way of processing through what's happened to you without going into the story. And when you do breath work, one of the side effects of breathing exercises is that you get high naturally without drugs. You don't have to take Xanax. You don't have to drink alcohol. You're, you're literally uplifting your spirit so you can go into this very deep state of bliss. Um, prayer, we all understand that one really well. I pray all day long, every day. Meditation, we understand that one. Calming your mind, quieting your mind, allowing your soul guidance to come in. Mantras, another word for that is positive affirmations. Rest, right? When you take time to rest, you're not 
cramming your mind and body with, you know, the internet and things to do and worry and grocery lists and driving kids around. Unscheduled time alone to process. Laughter, right? <laughs> I'm always watching funny movies, right? It's very, very important. Dancing, right? When you're dancing, you're moving your body in a joyful way. Time in nature, really, you know, whether you're at the beach or at the top of a mountain, when you're at the top of a mountain, you're literally experiencing an uplift. And when you're down in a valley, you're, you go into this introspective state. Uh, time with loved ones, right? Whether it's your intimate partner or your family, hugs, sunlight, fresh air, flowers, companionship of a pet, volunteer work is a big one right again when we're doing volunteer work we're thinking about we we're thinking about all we're feeling our connectedness to our our society and everybody around us right we're doing for others writing channeling singing painting any really any creative endeavor really feeds your soul um travel time away from home setting healthy boundaries, companionship of like-minded people, storytelling, right? Um, because when you're telling a story, there's usually a beginning, middle, and end, and you know the hero goes through a little challenge, and it helps to remind us that even if we're going through a hard time in our life, we're gonna get through it, um, and that we're gonna learn. Spiritual retreat, spiritual family, spiritual community, letting go of clutter, there's so many times when I'm doing a medical intuitive reading and one of the first things I say to the person is you need to clean up. If you've got problems with your large intestine, you totally need to clean up and get rid of stuff that doesn't work anymore. Um, new challenges, right? A lot of us, we get stuck in a rut and we need new ways of challenging ourselves, whether it's a physical challenge like, you know, training for a marathon, or a new goal in your career. Um, forgiveness is huge. Forgiveness, uh, Hoponopono, the forgiveness mantra, I feel is like an all-purpose natural healing remedy that'll cure all kinds of things. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And, 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 and I, again, I could go on. But when you think about soul medicine, it's again, it's nurturing your, the, the deepest part of who you really are. And when your soul is at peace, then your mind can be at peace. Your, your emotions can settle, right? <laughs> and then your energy settles and then you feel physically better, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the secret to getting more done, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Truly, and more efficiently as well. Yeah, it, you know, and we have to understand that all illness is slowed down vibration. So if you've ever had a cold, you know what I'm talking about, right? If you ever cold, you're sitting on the couch blowing your nose, or, or you can hardly get out of bed, right? So Ill, healing happens by lifting your vibration. So when we're, you know, using these soul medicines, you're lifting your vibration and everything shifts, right? Yeah, so true. And, you know, there's a, a saying that uh, if you're high vibration, you know, germs, they're at a low vibration, you, you literally you won't get sick if you can keep your vibration high. 
That's so true. I agree. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, uh, you talk a lot about in your work, uh, the sole purpose and what is that? How do we find it? How is that different from what I do for a living? Yeah. And you know, again, I'm real practical. Again, I have no debt. I own my house. I own my car. I have investments at Morgan Stanley. I work for a living. You know, I help people clear their money issues and, and making a living and finding a way to support yourself and your family in a way that you enjoy is really important because most of us spend more time working than we do anything else, right? But a lot of times we confuse our sole purpose with our career. And this, one of the ways to understand your sole purpose is that you can do your sole purpose whether you're working or not, right? <laughs> and, you know, you're lucky if you can fulfill your sole purpose while you're working. So, for example, my sole purpose actually is healing. And I, I, create, I take great delight in helping people transform, right? But um, so... Also, when you think about your soul purpose, it's something that you that lifts your vibration by doing it, right? So if I think about digging a ditch, and I'm a gardener myself, so I actually enjoy gardening. Um, but when you do your soul purpose, you're not in misery. <laughs> in other words, just doing that makes you happy and brings a certain joy to your life. One of the three ways to be happy in life is with life meaning, right? And when you're doing activities that are extremely meaningful to you, maybe they're not meaningful to anybody else, but they're meaningful to you, then you're naturally going to be happy. So again, so your sole purpose, you can do it anytime, anywhere, whether you get paid for it or not, it lifts you, it makes you happy. Um, so I'll give you some examples of sole purposes create right so if we think about creation a lot of times we think about the artistic people some of the most creative people i know are actually business people right if you're creating a corporation if you think about steve jobs he had a huge vision and he created products that we you know we use he's gone dead and gone but he you know transformed computers in the way we use them um, express when you your sole purpose is to, to express you 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 are constantly longing to express what's deep inside you and again this could take the form of poetry or song or simply speaking your truth or getting up in front of groups of people and giving talks uh, transcend um, these are the people who are the learners and the growers your soul never intends to stand still. So a lot of the people who have some of the greatest challenges in life, their sole purpose is to transcend. Um, I'll give you an example to, of this. Um, somebody that I really care about, his grandson was born into tremendous challenges. His mother was a heroin addict. She was gonna give him up at the last minute. And he's had one challenge after another. Now, if you look at where he's at, at one level, you think this is terrible, this is a tragedy. But when you look at it from a sole purpose 
It's like he's been given these challenges in order to transcend them, right? And how he goes about that and how he faces these challenges is going to be unique to him. So sometimes when you see people and you look at their life and their life looks like a train wreck, <laughs> and I think we can all think of at least one or two people are like, gosh, why are they doing that? Well, their sole purpose may actually be to transcend these challenges. Forgiveness and is a big one. And so if your sole purpose is to forgive, you know, you may have had unspeakable acts happen in your life, right? Whether, you know, and sexually abused or tortured or, you know, some things that you think the human, a human spirit cannot survive this. Well, your sole purpose may be to learn and practice forgiveness. And all the spiritual texts talk about how important forgiveness is, but it's one thing to read about it, and it's another to actually release that energy and be at peace with what on. So again, I could go on about soul purposes, um, but it's a very interesting um, thing to help people do is to understand why am I here? Why was I born? What am I actually doing? And the more that you can connect with your own soul purpose, then you can really literally be on fire, right? Mm -hmm. You get up every day and it's like, yes, I'm going to go out there and do this thing. And it helps you, it gives you tremendous strength and the ability to overcome tremendous obstacles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. More happy, more energy. Who doesn't want that? You know? Yes, um, for sure. Okay. So soul purpose, and then you have soul longing. So what right. is a soul longing and how, yep. how do we follow our longing? Yeah. And you know, that's a great question because if you think about soul longing, soul longings can be different at different times of your life, right? So for example, um, I've helped women who were infertile, previously infertile, be able to get healthy enough to conceive and have babies. I've had women whose their sole longing was to become a mother, right? And maybe, maybe they were extremely successful. They made a lot of money. They had a wonderful relationship. But deep inside, they just knew this is something that I really want to do. Um, right now, my soul longing, I'm getting ready to go to Costa Rica and be in the sunshine and just enjoy nature. So when you think about your soul longing, you really want to think about what is it that my soul is longing to do in this moment? And I would say that you always actually know what your soul longing is, and you just have to listen to what it is. But again, your soul is longing is something that you're really longing to do, and you're not going to feel good about yourself until you do it, right? So an another, another example is... Um, my soul longing for the longest time has been to write books. And I published my first book in 1997. And I went through 18 years of severe writer's block, couldn't write another book. But my soul longing was to write. And now, now that I'm writing, I'm like, okay, I'm not stopping. So again, I just published my 10th book. So you have to ask yourself, you know, what is it that I'm really 
wanting to do that I'm not going to be okay with myself until I do, right? And it's going to be different for each person. For some person, it could be, well, I'm going to find my, I'm going to find my soulmate, right? <laughs> there are a lot of people, I'm not going to be happy until I find that person, right? Or I'm not going to be happy until I climb this mountain, right? So, but you always know what it is. And just even thinking about it lights you up and makes you really happy. Good. So, okay. Soul longing, you said you just have to listen and you probably know what it is. Um, what if you aren't getting anything or what if you want to know how better to communicate with your soul? How does your soul communicate with you? Yeah. And you know, what's really funny is I have a client coming in tomorrow and very successful individual works in financial and services industry. And the reason he's coming is he wants to develop his intuition. So, so big picture, there's four kinds of psychic gifts and, you know, we call it psychic gifts. That sounds like weird or, you know, somebody has to have a crystal ball or, you know, in order to do that. But again, you are a soul. And your soul, I promise you, is always trying to communicate with you. And it's really up to you to understand how your soul communicates. So let me kind of go over with you the four ways your soul communicates with you. The first way is with what's called claircognizance. And if you, if you don't remember all this, it's okay, because it's described in detail in my book, Unlimited Intuition Now. So when your primary soul gift is claircognizance, which is just my, that's my gift, you, it's, it's the fastest gift, it's knowing, right? And when you're claircognizant, you'll just know things way in advance, right? I'll, I'll give an example of this. I was in London in 2005, and um, a, a friend of mine had set appointments for 10 different people to see me on the following day. And I, I could tell you the story, I could go through the sequence, but all week, I, the, um, on Monday I was on the subway and I felt this huge incoming negativity and I couldn't figure out what it was. I thought somebody must be talking trash about me. And I put my hands up, said a prayer, couldn't stop the energy. Well, anyway, Wednesday I called my friend and I said, you know, I'm really sorry, I can't come. And I'm, I'm sure he would have been really upset with me, um, but all I knew was, and this was knowing, that if I went into the subway, if I went into London the next morning, because I was scheduled to be in the subway the next morning, I would have had a really hard time coming back. Well, what happened? That Thursday, terrorists blew up the subway and about 53 people were killed. And I'm sure my name was Mud, because. 10 different people had changed their whole schedules. They were going to come see Catherine Kerrigan. Then the day before, I'm like, sorry, I'm not coming. And then the, inner, the um, subway blew up. So that's an example of player cognizance. So you get advanced information, often without supporting evidence. Um, next way your soul communicates with you is what's called clear audience. Many people who are brilliant public speakers are high and clear audience. And um, I believe that you yourself are high and clear cognizant, clear audience, just so you know. Now, when you're high and clear audience, you receive information um, through thoughts, words, sound, and vibration. 
And the challenge with clear audience is that you think, well, that's just my, my thoughts. But when you ask for guidance and it comes in really super quick, then it's, it's, your, um, it's your soul. The next gift, and, is, and this is the mo one of the most common ones, is clairsentience, which is psychic feeling. So when you're high in psychic feeling, you pick up the vibes, you read the energy. Somebody walks in the room and without them telling you, you know this person's tired or they're sad or they're depressed or they're angry. You can just read how they're feeling, right? And people who are high in clairsentience, like the gentleman with muscular dystrophy today, I explained to him that was his primary gift. So he literally feels how everybody's feeling and it's such, it has such an impact on him that after being with people, he has to go off and be by himself because it's just, you know, a big hit of energy. Um, and then the last psychic gift is clairvoyance, which is where you receive information through visual symbols. And um, a lot of people who are very good at um, visual art and design are very high in clairvoyance. So they'll get a picture. Oh, this is how the room is supposed to look. Or this is how the website is supposed to look, right? Or, you know, or fashion design. I happen to be a big fashionista myself. This is how the colors need to go together, right? And they'll get, they'll get actual pictures, right? Mm -hmm. And so as you open and as you ask from the, from the depths of your soul to be deeply guided, then you can open up all of your gifts, right? And receive information through all these channels. But usually there's one or two channels that are easiest for you to develop, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I kind of, I like how you said channels. I kind of think of it almost as a physical sense, but a spiritual sense. And so like we have the sense of hearing and vision and um, each person learns in a very different way. Uh, they have a primary way that they learn kinesthetic, you know, and so there's parallels to each of the clairs, the clear knowing, the clear hearing, the clear seeing, the clear feeling. And I've, I've experienced all of them. In fact, when you were talking about clairsentience, I also thought, you know, sometimes, um, you can feel a pain all of a sudden in a part of your body. Right. Like, what's that? That's not mine. And exactly. you realize someone next to you has a pain in that, in that same area. Yes. And so, um, and as soon as you make yourself aware of it, it kind of goes away. I mean, that's how it occurs to me at least. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's good. And you said something important, Christy, which is, it's very much like our physical senses. So just like you see yeah. with your eyes and you hear with your ears and you feel with your hands, um, the different psychic gifts, there are different energy centers that you actually use in order to receive and process this information. So clairvoyance is going to happen through your sixth chakra between your eyebrows right here. Um, clairaudience is fifth chakra. Uh, claircognizance is like way, way above the crown of your head, right? So it's like way up there. That's why those of us who are claircognizant, we're getting information way in advance, right? And what was the last one? Um, clairsentience. Clairsentience, yes. Solar plexus, right? Mm -hmm. So right, in, right below your ribs. And many people who are high in clairsentience 
because they frequently miss, they misunderstand um, or they confuse the energy that they're picking up with, with their own energy, people who are high in clairsentience frequently have digestive problems. Mm -hmm. Because when your third chakra goes overactive, then your liver, your gallbladder, your intestines get all twisted up, right? <laughs> and, and just like you gave the example of you're feeling this pain and you're like, wait a minute, I don't have neck pain. <laughs> That's not me. Again, when you're high in clairsentience, you have to really differentiate between your own energy and emotions and how you're feeling and how everybody else is feeling. Mm -hmm. And a really good exercise if you're high in clairsentience is to get by yourself three times a day, literally alone, and say, well, how do I feel? And then if your energy shifts within you know, the next couple of hours, then more than likely it's something that you've picked up from other people, mm -hmm. right? So um, as we close here, do you have any tips like when someone realizes that they've picked up something? Like, I mean, I'm sure you get information of people about people all the time. Do you have to turn it off? You know, because you're like, whoa, 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 too much information. I don't need to know all of that. Or like when someone's picking up physical pain or emotional pain, like yes, you have some I have, tips on how you can I, turn that gift on and off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And first of all, one of the things that I would say is when you're a highly sensitive person and I am, I mean, I'm exquisitely sensitive. I could not do what I do at the level that I do it if I wasn't. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I liken it to driving a Ferrari. Okay. If you've ever driven a high performance sports car, you tap the gas and boo, you're, you know, you're down the road, right? So if you're a highly sensitive person, you have to become strong enough to handle your sensitivity, which means being very grounded, right? And you can feel when someone is grounded. I mean, just talking to me, to, to me, you, you feel how grounded I am, right? Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, there are lots of techniques that you can use. Um, a real simple one that everyone can benefit from is what's called cocooning, right? So how do you cocoon yourself? You say a prayer, you set in your intention, you visualize um, a bubble of white light around you. And this is the white light of protection. Around the white light of protection, and I'm going pretty fast here, you visualize the blue light of healing. And if you know color, there's a lot of different colors. So the blue light of healing in this case is gonna be sort of a clear aquamarine blue. And then around the blue light, you visualize the golden light of transformation. So if you've ever studied medieval art and you see the saints, a painting of a saint, and they'll have a golden halo. So this is the same color that you want to put all the way around you. So if you get up every morning and cocoon yourself, and if you don't remember what I said, I've written an article about it, you can Google um, cocoon Catherine Kerrigan and it goes through all these steps. And then you set your intention. Nothing comes in and nothing goes out except unconditional love. Because if nothing comes into you except unconditional love, you're good. And if, if you don't give out anything, like I said, if you're really selfish and only give out kindness and thoughtfulness and unconditional love, then that's what you get back. And you're going to be okay wherever you are. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And there's, there's lots more ways to protect your energy and there's lots more things that you can do to clear if you realize you pick something up. But if you do those two things, you're going to be pretty good most of the time. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's great. So, um, a couple last questions. Uh, how can people find out about you? And after you tell us that, I want you to leave us with some words of wisdom, some words of inspiration, a final thought, if you will. Okay. So um, first of all, thanks so much for listening. Um, you can find out about me and my work at katherinekerrigan.com and unlimitedenergynow.com. While you're there, sign up for my newsletter so you can learn even more about how you can nat- heal yourself naturally. So here's my final thoughts. You are a soul. You are walking through your lifetime as a soul. And when things happen to you, things that you call bad, and you know we've all had these bad things happen, okay? Um, you have to ask yourself, why, why is this happening to me? And when you're at the depths of your life, ask yourself, am I having a breakdown to break through? Because sometimes your foundations are being shaken in order to shift you into where your soul really wants to go. And I'm always saying to people, when you really listen, God only has to tap you on the shoulder. If you've been hit over the head, it's probably because you haven't been listening. So take the time and really listen to your soul. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like, comment, and or review. Every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the Higher Genius Podcast.